Hey everybody, this is Rob from the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods and DC Primetime, and I'm here to tell you something that you should definitely be doing if you haven't done so already, and that is heading over to www.nextlevelradioonline.com. There's a ton of other great podcasts on the network if you haven't checked them out already, such as From Panels to Pixels, Two Fat Dudes, What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, uh, an upcoming Lost Revisited podcast, uh, in addition to our flagship show, The Showcast Spotlight, which is about to probably get ready to kick off its brand new season of celebrity interviews. Great shows like The Melting Pat, Primetime Fantasy Football, and Con Talk. So whatever your interest is, there's definitely something for you at Next Level Radio Online. Make sure to check them out, like them, review them, share. Thank you guys so much for all of your years of support. Now, back to the show. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello, Mr. Fancy. The following program contains violence, disturbing imagery, nudity, and, oh my God, why are you even watching this? Just run away. This shit is going to give you nightmares. For real. Nightmares where you are running naked on a treadmill made of razor blades, and your third grade teacher is pointing and laughing at you. I have been absent from the headline for far too long. Time to change that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 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 well. Oh, you thought you were the hero of this story, eh, Stripey, my boy? Oh, Oh, I'm afraid you are nothing more than a pawn. And unfortunately for you, I suck at chess. So, I've created a new game. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Two guns. One bullet in each gun. The winner gets to live. The loser. <laughs> oh, the loser goes out with a bang. <laughs> Welcome, my new friend, to my quiet home. Make yourself comfortable, you and I are alone. And here's a razor for your pleasure of sin, to scrape the maggots off before they get in. Lay yourself back and let the blood soak the bed. In order for me to be alive, your body needs to be bled. No matter how much you scream, no one will hear. The sooner you die, the darkness will end your fear. And welcome back, Lurkers, to the Next Level Network production of everyone's favorite podcast of depravity and derangement. 
I'm talking about the one and the only What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. And let me say, we have a special kind of fucked up coming your way this week. <laughs> yeah, this week, movie of the week. Not only one of the most talked about horror films in recent times, but so fucking maniacal and gory, it'll split you down the middle, stomp on your head, and leave you begging for more of the abuse you enjoy. Oh, wait, um, Q Combi Christ, somebody? Anybody? Enjoy the abuse. Okay, anyway. Oh, well. Whatever, no one's queuing that up for me. But, uh, before we go play with, uh, the new clown prince of crazy and crime, that's what I'm calling him, You'll understand that actually later on in the episode. I'll explain that a little bit. But first, uh, let's spit off a few volumes of blood that have been spattering the web the past week. And quite honestly, there wasn't a lot to report. I mean, a few few small stories caught my attention. It caught my eye and then ripped it out and stepped on it in front of me. No? No? Too much? Okay. (laughs) Anyway... So this past weekend uh, marked the 30th anniversary for the Tim Burton classic about the bio-exorcist with a penchant for hilarity and horror. Uh, The timeless classic. Timeless comedy. It wasn't scary. It was fucking hilarious. Timeless comedy that gave us Gina Davis, Winona Ryder, Jeffrey Jones, Catherine O'Hara, Alec Baldwin, and Michael Keaton all in the same film. Yes, I'm talking about that 1988 name and laughter from the hereafter. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Yeah, I'll shut up. Anyways, uh, the cool thing was, interestingly enough, Waxwork Records. God, it seems like I'm reporting them, reporting about them every week. Anyways, they posted something this past weekend uh, they're quote-unquote working on. Seems like Danny Elfman's score for the film uh, could be seeing vinyl treatment in the near future. Uh, What was it? March 30th. Uh, That was Friday. Uh, Waxwork Records posted a small image uh, resembling uh, like the final scene in the film where Lydia is floating in the air singing and uh, there's the football ghosts are behind her, like the football player ghosts, whatever. And uh, so they posted like a little picture kind of like resembling that obviously and the caption for the image read coach i don't think we survived that crash happy 30th anniversary to beetlejuice here's a little peek at something we've been working on in the graveyard so that looks like uh, waxwork records at it again actually really cool thing got my dawn of the dead soundtrack today in the mail was really happy about that i haven't actually played it yet i'm just like admiring its beauty at the moment but i will play it like probably tomorrow or something. Another uh, news tidbit: Pet Cemetery. I love Pet Cemetery. It is going to be remade. And that is inevitable. And it looks like, from sources on the net, that May is the start time for filming, and they're looking at the Toronto region to uh, to film it in. Now, no cast has been named yet for this. So I assume that's a priority numero uno right now for the directors Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmeyer. But yeah, it does look like sometime in May is the start date for the remake. Uh, and I know the uh, 
The release date is April 19th, 2019. So, as much as I, I will give it a chance, I'm absolutely very partial to the original, but I am going to give this a chance. I mean, they're, uh, the Stephen King's It that came out last year, that was pretty fucking good. So, I'll give this a chance, but I really don't think they can achieve uh, making Zelda more creepier than she was in the 1988 or 1989, sorry, feature. Um, yeah, because Zelda was all sorts of fucking creepy. Right up there with Art the Clown. No. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, well, keeping with Stephen King. Another uh, Stephen King property is on the go for a remake. Uh, and this one will be done by the horror genius James Wan, if you consider him a genius. I kind of like his work, so to me, he's a genius. Uh, and he'll be working along with the IT producer Roy Lee. And the property at hand that I'm talking about is Stephen King's Tommyknockers. Uh, the duo will uh, produce this via their um, like their respective banners, Atomic Monster and Vertigo and whatnot. Uh, they're teaming up with Larry Sanitsky, who produced the 1993 television miniseries of Tommyknockers. And back then, the, that was on ABC... Uh, it starred Jimmy Smits and uh, Marg Helgenberger. Apparently it was a huge hit. I think I only watched it then and I've never seen it again since. Um, it's very vague in my memory. might actually uh, look it up. Well, I'll kind of have to now if I'm going to compare notes when the remake comes out. But um, yeah, ba- I guess back in 2013, NBC said they were going to make another adaptation, but that never happened, so... Whatever. James Wan, I think I think it's in good hands. I think James Wan will do good with that. Uh, finally, Funko. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Funko fan, but this fucking made me happy. So Funko announced this past weekend they're entering the cereal business. Not cereal as in cereal killer, but cereal as in Saturday morning, <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons with my Pac-Man and E.T. breakfast cereal. Wow, I was so excited I wanted to say that, and I fucked it up. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, yeah, and what cereals can we expect from Funko? Well, their founder, uh, Michael Becker, he uh, was revealing that in the summer, this summer, 2018 summer, uh, we'll launch a brand new line of Funko cereals that will include licenses, uh, part of their pop line, um, and they're kicking things off with Freddy Krueger, Elvira, and Beetlejuice. Just uh, a little bit of a quote that I grabbed out of one of the articles I read. Uh, Basically, uh, Becker was saying, One of the fun things is we are about to release our own line of cereal with a mini pop inside. We got all the cool licenses like He-Man, Wonder Woman, Elvira, Freddy Krueger, and our own Freddy Funko. Uh, They're going to start shipping to stores in June. Uh, They have the distribution set up and the product is pre-sold already. Just one one more of those feel-good Funko items. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I'll admit, I have a few Funkos. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I got a cute little Freddy. I, I fucking love him. Anyways, uh, Michael Becker also continued, I used to watch cartoons on Saturday mornings while I was eating cereal. What kid didn't in the 80s? There are prices in the cereal, and it will sell for $7.99 a box. Okay, it's a little steep, but hey, you're getting a cool little Funko, right? 
And this was, I thought this was kind of cool. They, he apparently says when you add milk to the Freddy Krueger cereal, it will look like blood red. Uh, when you uh, add milk to the Beetlejuice cereal, it will turn it to slime green. So that's pretty kind of cool. Like, I guess they're putting some uh, creativity behind it. That's all right. Uh, finally, before we get into uh, this week's uh, big topic, uh, my lurker's recommendation. And it, yeah, you're gonna, at first when you hear it, you're gonna be like, this doesn't belong on this podcast. Yes, it does. Ready Player One, see it, it's worth it. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the book. The book and the movie, not so much alike. Get prepared for that. But the essence of the book is on the screen. You are going to see the essence of the book. Uh, there's a lot of changes. I assume that comes from, you know, licensing issues and whatnot. Uh, some of the challenges they've changed, but it was, in my opinion, maybe a little bit more for the better, especially for the fact that there's a lot more horror references. So that's why it's on this podcast that I'm mentioning it. Not to mention, it's just a fucking good movie. Go see it. Like, I mean, doesn't matter if it's horror or not. Go see it. I'm telling you, it, you'll enjoy it. But, you know, try to keep in mind, the book is one property, the movie is another. This happens all the time. You know, books and movies are different, so just accept that, and I think you'll really enjoy the film. But now, <laughs> it's time to make way for a very special guy. No, not Jack Skellington. Although the lead actor in this week's film has said in interviews he'd love to play the role of Jack in a live-action version of The Nightmare Before Christmas. That will be a topic one day. But anyways, instead... This week, we're going to go on a murderous chopping spree with our dearly beloved Art the Clown. This motherfucker makes Pennywise look like Mary Poppins, but goddammit if I don't want to see a crossover between Art the Clown and the killer clowns from outer space. Damien Leone, Kyoto Brothers, make this shit happen. <laughs> a man can dream, right? We know it's not going to happen. Well, maybe, yeah, hey, fuck, and anything can happen these days. There was a really cool like April Fool's poster floating around yesterday of Art the Clown versus Pennywise. Yeah, Art the Clown would win that. Anyways, I think it's time to check out this trailer, uh, the audio. Anyways, ah, then we can come back and make sweet verbal psychotic love to terrify her. Do you really think someone slashed my tires? Prepare yourself for the most intensely shocking motion picture of our time. <laughs> Have you ever had that nightmare where you're running for your life? <laughs> but you know that escape is impossible. That's terror. We are not safe here. This guy is armed and he's a total maniac. Terror. Terror knows no bounds in stretching your endurance to the limit. You feel it all around you. Track you. Terrify you. Terrifier. Arrow in the Head calls it a thrilling, brutal, gory 80s throwback. Blood Guts Horror gives it four stars. 
bloody disgusting says it dares to go where few films would even consider. And Box Office Buzz says it's terrifying from start to finish. We're talking about Terrifier. Okay, I've been really excited to do this episode. Well back, like when I saw the trailer like what, a year ago? This film has had my attention. I've been waiting for it for a long time. And finally it got released. Video on demand, Blu-ray. I got all the details here. I watched it 27th of March. Yeah. I had to had to think about that for a second. I was like, what fucking day did I watch it? Um, it was everything I expected and more. I, You guys know I'm a very easy person to please. So I keep, usually when I go into a movie, I keep my expectations low. This one, I was actually a little bit more, like, I, I had my expectations a bit higher. Just from the trailer and everything that I had seen, I was like, I got a feeling this is going to be the good one. And wow, this was awesome. I have so much to talk about with this. Like, it's, fuck. This is what horror should be. Um, I don't want some fucking over-convoluted story. I don't, you know, I, I don't want, like, CG. I don't want, like, predictability. Yes, there's a few things in here that were predictable, but there was a hell of a lot that wasn't. Um, so, yeah, like, it, I've been waiting to do this. And finally, I was, I, I was able to see the movie. I've already ordered my Blu-ray, ordered my vinyl soundtrack. I, I need T-shirts, posters, figures. Give me a statue of this motherfucker. This movie, like, was awesome. And I, I, I've got a lot here to talk about. So we're just going to start. Uh, let's get down with the details here. Terrifier. The original release date for Terrifier was Saturday, October 15th, 2016 at the Telluride Horror Show. Uh, I believe that's in Colorado. Uh, after that, Dread Central and Epic Pictures uh, snagged the movie. And they released it in 2018, uh, March 16, March 15th and 16th in the theaters, and March 27th on VOD and Blu-ray, and like Amazon and everywhere. Like everyone's fucking got this movie. The movie is directed by Damien Leone. A uh, little history about Leone and Art the Clown. Leone created the character of Art the Clown uh, way back in, I believe, it's 2008. Uh, there was a short called The Ninth Circle. He then revisited the character in the 2011 short, Terrifier, which I've talked about on this podcast. The short is fucking amazing if you haven't seen it yet. Um, it's on like YouTube and Daily Motion Vimeo. Go find it. It's, it's, it's clever. Uh, or, I mean, both shorts were included in the full-length feature film All Hallows' Eve. So just watch that. I mean, All Hallows' Eve should be a Halloween tradition for you anyways, right? I know it is for me. And I mean, like, when he did All Hallows' Eve, there was another story that they added, and there's, a, like, a wraparound story to tie it all together and stuff. And I mean, it was received by critics and fans in quite decent fashion, so, of course, Leone decided, let's further the stories of Art the Clown, and in 2016, Terrifier was released. Um, he, uh, Leone also, uh, he wrote the film, he edited the film. Uh, and uh, from what my understanding was, and I did a little bit of background research on this, uh, there was an Indiegogo com uh, campaign 
uh, held to help finance the film. Uh, it looked like, from what I saw, they got like roughly about like $4,300 uh, from about 48 backers. So that's pretty fucking good. Like, you know, uh, distributed now, obviously, by Dread Central and Epic Pictures. Uh, produced by Damien Leone, Phil Falcone, and George Stuber. Uh, cinematography was by George Stuber. Casting by Gino Caffarelli. Uh, and the casting, um, I was quite impressed. Uh, it, this is a good cast, um, which I might as well just jump right into that now. Starring Jenna Cannell. Uh, she uh, apparently was also in The Bye Bye Man. I have yet to see that. Um, I don't know. that it, It's weird. When I heard about The Bye Bye Man, I was like, okay, the title sounds lame as shit. I'm not watching this. But I've actually heard people say it's not that bad of a movie, so I just might have to give it a uh, give it a chance, you know. And uh, interesting thing about Jenna, she also did her own stunts in this film, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I hope I pronounced the last name right. Uh, Catherine Kakorin, uh, she was in uh, Lloyd Kaufman's uh, Return to Newcom High, and uh, she uh, oh, what was her fucking name in this? She's Dawn, I believe. Tara was Jenna Cannell. Uh, Katie McGuire, who was also in All Hallows' Eve, she makes a ret- uh, a brief return in this. Uh, Margaret Reed, who uh, has uh, she's done like uh, character acting in like uh, Seinfeld, Law and Order, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, Gino Caffarelli, who uh, was uh, in CSI New York, um, Castle, Boardwalk Empire. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Sylvia Ward. She's in this. Um, she had like a lot of like uncredited appearances. I noticed, including like the Wolf of Wall Street and Gossip Girl. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street's pretty damn good movie. Um, uh, let's see, Samantha Scafidi. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, she was in a movie known as Demon Hole. I've heard of it, haven't seen it yet. It's on the list. I swear to God, I don't have enough years left in my life to watch everything I want to watch, but. Oh, I still keep writing them down. Uh, Michael Levy, who was in Fear Clinic. That's another one I have yet to see. And he was in Sharknado 2, the second one. Um, No offense, guys. I'm not a Sharknado fan. It's not happening. And finally, the one I am really happy to announce. David Howard Thornton is Art the Clown. Interestingly enough, and I'll get more into my story in a minute, but he's... uh, he had a small role um, as an orderly on Gotham, and he's also part of a web series known as Nightwing Escalation. There will be more I will get into on that. Uh, you kind of have already heard a glimpse of it at the very beginning of this episode. But uh, originally, uh, back in the days of like you know the Terrifier short film slash All Hallows Eve whatnot. Art the Clown was originally played by Mike Ginelli, uh, and uh, he was really good. We all know that, uh, for those of us who have seen the the prior uh, properties and whatnot. But David took up the mantle for this film, and Jesus Christ, what a killer casting that was. This guy is amazing. Um, it blew my mind. I... I more on that in a bit. I, I have a few more things I need to get through here. Um, because I, I, I... Yeah. 
Music by Paul Wiley, uh, who was also a guitarist for Marilyn Manson during 2014 and 2015. Uh, he has his own website, paulwileymusicformovies.com. Uh, you heard a little glimpse of that at the beginning of this, like right after the trailer there. Um, matter of fact, the, the two samples that you heard are from his website. I kind of want to incorporate, I wanted to incorporate the music, you know, set the mood and whatnot. Uh, but he, he's uh, he's also on Bandcamp, um, has uh, soundtracks on there, plus he's part of a band uh, known as Devereaux, uh, again, on Bandcamp. The soundtrack for Terrifier, uh, the movie can be purchased at forevermidnight.store. Uh, it's 25 bucks American, plus shipping, uh, heavy vinyl pressing that comes with liner notes, Art the Clown sticker, and a digital download of the album. And as mentioned earlier, the Blu-ray DVD combo, uh, it, it was released March 27th. It can be purchased online through epicpictures.com or on Amazon. Um, I think there's a few other places as well. I don't have them written down. Sorry, guys. Um, but anyways, uh, as well as, obviously, it can be streamed through many uh, video-on-demand services, iTunes, Xbox, Vimeo On Demand, Fandango, Vudu, Amazon Instant Video, Basically, wherever you can, you know, stream video on demand, it's there. Uh, I wanted to throw this in quickly. Uh, ratings on the internet. IMDb, when I last checked, it was at 6.2 out of 10. Seemed a little low, but that's IMDb. I'm pretty used to them, you know, whatnot. Uh, Google users have rated it in favor of 90% out of 100. And the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, when I last checked, was 71%. With, I think there was even, like, a critic um, a critic rating of, like, 80 or 85% fresh. So, I mean, I, people love this movie. I, I've, seen, I've seen some comments where people were like, eh, it wasn't that great. Or they wanted more of a story and whatnot. Eh, each to their own. Uh, but, I mean, overall, like, I'm, I'm super impressed with what I saw. I did, like I said, I usually go into a movie with really low expectations, not because I think that movies are going to suck or whatnot, but I find that if I go in with little to no expectations, I walk out pretty happy. It's probably why I'm always, you know, happy about almost everything I watch. Um, so now the segment, the gore, the blood and the fugly. And boy, do I have a lot to talk about here. Uh, let's start off. It, okay. First of all, Full disclosures, everyone here, I may spoil a few things. Um, there's a lot to talk about in this movie, and I'm not going to spoil the absolute ending, obviously. I would never do that, but I may talk a bit about the death scenes a little bit, um, especially one in particular. But um, anyway, so you've been warned. Uh, there will be minimal spoilers here, just so that you know. Um, I'm kind of... Stretching this out just a little bit, give you enough time to hit the stop button if you, you know, you don't want to hear anything. And if you're still listening, then fuck you. I am no longer apologizing for spoilers. Lots of blood, gore, some suspense, and a shit ton of laughs in this fucking movie. This is the horror movie I've been waiting for. Um, this is what I wanted. It's gory. It's sick. It's depraved. It's fucking hilarious. 
as a horror nerd, as a horror fan, whatever you want to label yourself as, I know I label myself as a complete fanatic. This is, it's 82 minutes of a quick story about a maniacal clown on the loose killing people. You don't need anything more than that. 82 minutes. It's not it, it's done before you realize it. Like you're so you're engulfed in it, you're watching all the sick shit on the screen and all of a sudden the movie's done. It's like, "Oh, fuck. Where's part 2?" <laughs> they need to give him a bride. I was thinking that bride of Art the Clown. The death the death sequences in this film are to die for. Uh especially one in particular. So, how many of you are aware of the saw torture technique that was used in the medieval ages? In cases related to the Roman Emperor Caligula, the sawing is said to be through the middle, transversely. In the cases of Morocco, it was stated that the sawing was lengthwise, both from groin and upwards from the skull and downwards. So, uh, yeah, uh... (laughs) This was fun. I um, I don't know why, leading up to the scene, I almost had this feeling like something like this was about to happen. Uh, we see, like, uh, Tara is, like, looking around the room, and you see, like, this, like, curtain, like, kind of hanging there. And I don't know why, but I just had this feeling. I was like, oh, shit, someone's getting cut up. Uh, <laughs> either that or she already was cut up. I wasn't really sure. But, like, yeah, back in the medieval uh, eras, um, apparently this was a normal torture technique. Now, as for how many times it actually happened, I mean, it's hard to say. I did some research on the the whole torture technique. I mean, uh, there was, what was it? I wrote this down here. In only one case, uh, in the story about Simon the Zealot, uh, the person is explicitly described as being hung upside down and sawn apart vertically through the middle, starting at the groin with no mention of fastening or support boards around the person. And there's cool pictures of this shit on the internet. I mean, nothing like, it's like they're hand-drawn pictures and whatnot. Interestingly enough, so the day I watched this movie, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the Facebook page. It was like Creepy Things, I think it was. Creepy Things Facebook page posted a picture of the actual saw torture technique and i was like oh shit i need to like bookmark this crap um and yeah like i said like i i I did a lot of research into it now there were different ways that people did this um sometimes they wouldn't cut all the way they would cut like just like up to um like they'd have you hanging upside down they'd start at your groin area and cut to like maybe like your stomach and they'd stop and they'd just leave it and you bled to death um not you, but the victim, obviously. Uh, and it also, um, the reason why they would hang people upside down is so they made sure that the blood like flowed to the brain and whatnot. Uh, like, it, you know, we, we'll sit here today and we'll say how like savage and cruel humans are. Um, I think we always have been. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that scene happens. I loved it. I, I, I A huge smile on my face. I know I'm a depraved sick fuck myself, but I loved it. I loved that it was practical effects. (laughs) The intestines dropping on the floor. I was like, "Mm, that was a nice touch. Uh, 
I love the fact that this movie is unapologetic. Damien Leone and David Howard Thornton and the rest of the cast and crew, they are not apologizing for what they're putting on the screen. You are going to suffer through it with them. And I loved every second of it. Speaking of David Howard Thornton now, this is where I kind of have a lot to say because this guy is absolutely fucking wonderful. He is creepy. He is Art the Clown. He did such a great job picking up the mantle from Mike Ginelli. I I can't stress this enough. This guy is worth the fucking 82 minutes you watch this movie. Uh, watching him the whole time, though, I kept thinking to myself, this guy should have been cast as a Joker in one of these DC films. He is exactly what I would expect the Joker to seem like, except that he would talk as well because Art the Clown doesn't say a fucking word. Anyway, so I'm thinking this the whole time I'm watching the movie and then screwing around on the net like a little bit later. This is when I discover that, oh, wait a minute, he has played the Joker uh, in a fan production of Nightwing Escalation. And so I did some research, and as you heard at the top of the episode, I played a little clip of that. Uh, my God, he's great at it. Look, I'm not one. I'm not going to sit here and start knocking different movies and saying you know what worked and what didn't. But I'm watching this thinking I would have loved to have seen him in the Suicide Squad. Aside from like like, like you know across from Mar- Margot Robbie, I think he, he would have been pretty fucking good. Like I like Jared Leto as an actor. I think he's a good guy, and he's you know he's amazing in Blade Runner 2049, the small role he has, but he's pretty damn good in that. But I would have loved to have seen David Howard Thornton in Suicide Squad. <laughs> like it, his Joker is like Romero meets Hamill, with obviously a little bit of the sinister look and charisma of Art the Clown. Like, like I said, except he talks. Um, but man, he's wonderful, I, and he's got this video on uh, YouTube as well. You, ha- I think you kind of have to watch it to appreciate it. Uh, it's, he's singing the, the Beatles song, let it be, but he's doing it as Looney Tunes characters. Uh, it's pretty fucking good actually. Um, yeah. So if you, if you have a moment and you want to see like, you know, David's like voice talent, like, cause he's pretty good at doing voiceover acting. I mean, uh, he's got some talent. Like I'd like, I want to see this guy be like very successful in the future. But he needs a, a mainstream role of the Joker because, fuck, that was good. Moving on, though. Moving on. I don't. I, I have a lot to talk about here. Uh, Jenna Canal and Catherine Kikorin. Uh <laughs> These girls are charming. Um, they're charming until Art starts preying on them, of course. Uh, once he starts playing with them, that's when they begin to seem a trifle too scared. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, uh, it's Catherine Kikorin's character, uh, very reminiscent of PJ Souls in Halloween. I, I, there's even one part where I think she even says the word like totally, and she sounds just like Linda in Halloween. I was like, oh shit. It, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it was like a nice little homage to Halloween. I, I, I thought that was really cool. The girls are really fun to watch in the film. Um, Catherine's character uh, of Dawn, she seems like the flaky, like the, I need a selfie for social media friend that we all have. (laughs) We all have that friend. While Jenna's character, Tara, is like the more sensible one. She's the one that's more alert of her surroundings and seems like she's like, she, 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 
seems like she should be the the final girl of the film. Um, it, obviously, if you've gotten this far in the episode, I'm not spoiling anything you don't already fucking know. She's not the final girl. Fuck, that was that was a nice shocker too. Like, cause I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this is the girl. She's the one that's gonna survive through the you know the rest of the movie. And uh uh-uh. uh nope, she didn't. <sighs> And I have something to say about that a little bit later too. But other than that, um, no, the, both girls were great. Uh, I might have had, might have had a bit of a crush on Jenna. Um, but anyways, moving on. You didn't hear me say that. Yes, you did. Uh, okay, so if you've seen the twenty-minute uh, short of Terrifier, whether it be on YouTube, Daily Motion. Uh, Vimeo, or like even uh, even if you've watched All Hallows Eve, you are gonna love this movie. Um, don't look for some, like I said, don't look for some huge convoluted story. Don't look for, you know, something that's going to change your life. If, well, it might if it sticks with you a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I mean, like I said, it's 82 minutes of this guy with no backstory, no nothing. All, all we basically know is that a year ago, prior to this film, he went and killed some people and he disfigured a woman really fucking bad. So... This is, I guess, a year late. I'm assuming it's like a year later from All Hallows Eve. Let's face it. Not every movie has to have some epic fucking story, okay? Like, it's a lunatic clown killing people. I'm happy with it. For 82 minutes, yeah, I want to sit here and, you know, watch the different ways he kills people. And, I mean, me being the the horror nerd that's inside of me, I'm watching this going, how'd they do that? How'd they do that? That looked fucking hilarious. That might not have looked too realistic, but who the fuck cares? I loved it anyways. The effects, the practical effects in this movie are awesome. Uh, It's gruesome enough to make some people feel squeamish uh, to their senses. But, I mean, it does such a great job of giving a comical and fun feeling. um, for, For those like myself and others who salivate at this shit. Like, we love watching our practical effects and... You know, the blood didn't look like horribly, you know, like it's not like overly bright red where it looks like paint. And there's one scene where like there's one of the characters uh, gets decapitated. Okay, well, maybe the cut around the neck looked a little too clean. But oh, hey, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm sitting here going, oh, this is like, you know, like real life, uh, like biography type shit. It's a fucking horror movie. It's supposed to be entertaining. This is exactly what a lot of us have been waiting for since like the eighties. Uh, so I, 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 even the little things that I was kind of noticing, it's like, ah, fuck it. Who cares? This movie's still fucking awesome. Uh, the music is fantastic. Uh, Paul Wiley did such a great job with this. The, it, so, some of the scenes where the music just like fits it perfect, like a glove. Um, uh, let's see what else, what else, what else? I wrote a whole bunch of shit down. <laughs> uh, there was an interview actually with uh, David Howard Thornton by Bloody Flicks, um, and I thought this was kind of interesting. So uh, I'm adding it. Uh, I added it to it. Uh, he was basically asked, um, you know, like uh, what attracted him to the role of Art the Clown, and you know, he went on to say that he loved playing villains, uh, but both the Joker and Freddy Krueger were two of his favorites. And, you know, interestingly enough, like when I was watching it, there's even actually one scene where we kind of see his feet moving and then we like we see him like standing there. 
and I thought he had like the perfect um like he he really looked like like Freddy, especially in Nightmare on Elm Street one, when Freddy would have sort of like this like demanding walk where he's like, "I'm coming to get you, bitch," and there's nothing you can do about it. David had like that same um, persona in his in his movements. Um, uh, basically, he uh, he went on to say that he he also loved the idea of playing a silent character. Um, he was quoted as saying, I have always loved physical comedy and grew up watching the greats like Charlie Chaplin, the Marx Brothers, Laurel and Hardy, Buster Keaton, etc. They could convey so much physically, sometimes without saying a word. There was an art to what they did, and you don't see that very often anymore, uh, which is very true. Um, I mean, now, I, it, this was kind of funny because as I was watching the film, I was kind of remembering the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode, Hush. Uh, where everything was a silent film and you had the gentleman. And interestingly enough, Art the Clown, in a way, had somewhat of the gentleman's look within his facial features and whatnot. I thought that was kind of interesting because the Hush characters didn't speak and Art the Clown didn't speak. And I was not like, Art the Clown's chin and nose are like slightly different, but like the, the bit with the black around the eyes and the black around the lips and stuff like that. He very much had like almost like a look like the the hush gentleman. So I thought that was kind of cool actually. Oh, for, I also wrote another quote down. He basically uh, furthered it up with saying it's um it's a challenge not being able to utter a single sound and have to convey various emotions and attitudes to the audience. He's a silent a silent clown, so he has to have personality as well as a sense of humor as sadistic as it is. I enjoyed the challenge of taking what I learned from the greats that preceded me and adapting it all into something of my own. It was a lot of fun, and I hope the audience enjoys the interpretation as well. David, yes, we fucking loved it. And, and you know what? Like That's what was so awesome about this, is he didn't say a fucking word, and we didn't know his backstory at all. It's not he's a mental patient who broke out of an asylum. It's not that, you know, he's going after his sister or he's, you know, he's got some, like, driven force behind him or something. He's just a killer. And he sees two girls and says, let's start with them. Um, although he actually kind of went for the pizza dude first, which, dude, what are you doing? Don't kill a pizza guy. Everybody loves pizza. Don't kill the pizza guys. But anyways... Let's see. Uh, keep going on here. Like, like I said, like expect a lot of blood and gore. Um, this is definitely a throwback to the uh, 70s and 80s when we had some of the bloodiest and goriest films back then. Uh, one thing, uh, it, it was interesting. There's a scene that kind of bothers me because, okay, maybe I'm being a little too picky here, but I was kind of hoping Art wouldn't have used a gun. He did. I was like, oh, fuck, really? A gun? I feel like it's like a cop-out. But all in all, it was still a good scene. It was actually funny when like the clip runs out and he's like, what the fuck? And he's got to go get another clip. That part was actually kind of cool. But I kept thinking it would have been like cool if he had gone like mutilator style and like gone like for a meat hook or something like that. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre shit. But oh well, it is what it is. Um like I said, no backstory to Art the Clown. There's no rhyme or reason, uh, and that's the part I love about it. I've said this before on the podcast, like with the original Halloween, 
when we didn't have Michael's backstory, that's what made Michael fucking creepy. Freddy Krueger, yeah, you kind of knew he was a child murderer and whatnot, but you didn't really understand the whole reason he came back in people's dreams. I kind of like when there's less that we know about our killers. It makes them more creepier. I would love to see Art versus Pennywise, but um, I, I really do want to see Art the Clown and the Killer Clowns from Outer Space team up. I think it would be fucking hilarious. God, I've talked quite a bit here. Uh, my final thoughts. My final thoughts. Uh, this is like me just summing up this shit here. Um, this is a fun movie. It's a fun fucking movie with lots of gore, lots of laughs, less story. Like, it's not convoluted. It's not going to change your life. It's just fucking fun. 82 minutes, it's over. It's creepy when it needs to be. Uh, the cat and mouse effect is perfectly pulled off. Some of the, the, the best um, suspense sequences are in this film. I do find it odd. I'm not going to lie. Um, so this building they're in, like when we see the interior of it, it basically looks like it's like, you know, doomed for condemnation here. Why do they have a janitorial team in there? <laughs> I don't know. It seems weird to me. But you know what? Like I said, it, it's not one of those things where I was like, oh, this ruined the movie for me. Fuck it. I'll never watch this again. Are you kidding? I'm going to watch this thing over and over and over. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Is the building condemned or not? Like, it, it was kind of weird. But oh, well, whatever. Uh, if anything, it like really helped like pull off the atmosphere really well. The environment was like really creepy and shit. Uh the music fits the mood, the atmosphere of the movie, it, it fits it all like a, like a bloody glove. That's, you know, that's how I feel about it. It's like a bloody glove, and I can't wait to get my vinyl record either. Um, Jenna and Catherine are a joy to watch, but I do have to say this. David is the one who takes the cake. He makes this worth the whole experience. For 82 minutes, you watch this guy just do some of the greatest fucking shit his his facial expressions his mannerisms his his poise his his you know creeping around the, the one scene when he's like riding around on the tricycle it it's just so funny and yet at the same time i'm thinking if i was really standing there and some dude was doing that i'd probably you know either punch him out or run for my fucking life uh how, how how do I rate this movie? This movie is a nine out of ten for me. It's a ninety percent, or it's it's fucking awesome. Like I said, I only docked the one point because art really don't use guns. Um, I w I was hoping for a little bit more creativity, but you know what? That's it. I was even hardly disappointed. I was just like, oh shit, he used a gun. But then again, he made up for it by like having fun with the clip and whatnot. So you know what? Other than that, I, I can't say a whole lot bad about this movie. This movie kicks ass. It is, uh, I highly recommend this fucking movie. You all need to see it. Um, and on that fucking note, thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for allowing me to verbally make love to this movie. This movie is so fucking great. Uh, and like I said, I know it's not for everyone. There's some people it's it's going to be too much for them. They won't be able to handle it. Some people may find it boring because they want more of a story. Whatever's whatever. Uh, it's 2018. Everyone has an opinion these days. This is my opinion. And I think this movie is absolutely wonderful. This is the horror movie I've been waiting for for a while. Just something that is 82 minutes of mind-numbing gore and suspense and laughter. You know, that's one thing I used to love about eight, like the 80s horror films. Like, 
films like Chopping Mall and Return of the Living Dead, yes, they're kind of meant to be funny, but that's what I enjoy about a horror film. I want to see a little bit of violence with something that makes me laugh. Uh, in this film, it's the violence that made me laugh. But uh, that and there's the the scene in the like the pizzeria when like some of the things he does is just like oh, wow, fuck, like. He must, I know David Howard Thornton had fun playing this fucking role. Oh, and the bit with the 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 ring that he gives her, that was very romantic. Uh, it is the nicest thing a guy will do for most women these days. Uh, anyways, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you'd like to uh, find the podcast on the internet, there's many different ways you can find it, follow it, uh, like it, whatever. Uh, first off, nextlevelradioonline.com slash pat, uh, podcast zero. Uh, if you want to email me, talk to me, um, you know, if you want to be on the show, uh, hint, hint art, uh, I'd love to talk to you. No, uh, <laughs> but, uh, what lurks behind podcast zero at gmail.com. Uh, you know, you can always write me and tell me what an asshole I am. I, it's nothing I haven't heard before, uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash what lurks behind podcast zero. Instagram at what lurks behind podcast zero on Twitter at WLB podcast underscore zero uh, letterbox.com. I did write a small review for this movie on there. Uh, so you can find me at letterbox.com slash capital WLB underscore podcast zero. And there's the red bubble store where I have some like cool little t-shirt designs and stickers and coffee mugs and traveling cups and all that other cool shit. Go check it out. Redbubble.com slash people slash podcast number zero. And again, thank you so much for tuning in this week. This is, this episode was something I was really looking forward to. Um, I love this fucking movie. Uh, my Blu-ray should be showing up in the mail anytime soon, and I can't wait because I'm looking forward to watching the extras and everything on it. Uh, to Damian Leone, David Howard Thornton, Jenna Cannell, Catherine Kikorin, and everybody else who was in this film, thank you so much for finally giving us a horror film that we can absolutely just have fun with. This is definitely one of those films that would probably be a lot more fun watching with like friends and stuff like that having a few drinks and whatnot. But, I mean, even watching it by yourself, I did when I watched it the first time, uh, and uh, I still was laughing my ass off and, and just enjoying everything I was seeing. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you to the Terrifier crew for making a great movie. Uh, next week's episode is a listener's request. Uh, my friend uh, Jacob... Good listener, good uh, supporter of the podcast, uh, requested that I do Black Mountainside from 2014. It's a Canadian indie film. So I'm going to check it out. I haven't, I've never watched this movie, so that's my project for the upcoming week. Uh, and in two weeks' time, uh, I am going to be doing an episode on Ready Player One. I figure by that time, uh, two weeks from now... You know, a lot of people will have finally seen the film, so I'll be able to talk in depth. I want to compare between book and film and shit like that. The movie was very well done. Like I said, there was some great horror uh, aspects to it. So I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? I want to talk about this movie. It has a very much a sci-fi feel to it. It has a horror feel to it at times. So you know what? It fits on this podcast. And so in two weeks' time, Ready Player One... 
But until then, keep reaching for the floor while good old art cleaves you from your feet to your nose. And I'm out. Pieces. Lots of tiny pieces. <laughs> <laughs>